What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of E2 Sports. Today, we are here with TJ Abrams, four-star slot receiver committed to the University of Florida. We are so excited to be doing this since we haven't been able to do an interview in quite some time because we've been going over the predictions and episodes have been stacking up. But finally, since we're in season, we're able to get back on doing this. So I'm going to lead it off with, you know, four or five questions, kind of go over... Tawaski's like um skill set, what he likes to be as a receiver, and what's expected at Florida. So, my first point is as a slot receiver, players are known to be fast. And you're probably one of the fastest receivers in Florida. So how did you become such a fast athlete? And are you planning on playing slot specifically when you get to Florida? Um, I really give thanks to my grandma because she ran track like junior Olympics back in the day. So that's where I really got all my strength from, or speed from, I mean. And um, in college, I plan on playing wherever they play me at. Um, I, There was talks about moving me outside, staying slot, going kick return, punt return. Um, whatever they put me at, I'll be, be able to play it. Interesting. Honestly, as a freshman, it's definitely a good chance that you're going to be playing all around the field, which is going to be pretty exciting to see, honestly. But... Going with this, uh, due to your speed, I've noticed this opens the doors for kind of a lot of plays where it's a do-it-yourself type of deal. Because yeah. creativity, that's a trait you don't really see developed much in high school. And the fact that your ability to make a play is such at a high level already is quite incredible. So how are you able on the field to make such these quick decisions when, you know, the um, corners collapse to end up getting, you know, a touchdown or a really long play? Um, That's more of like a God-given talent. There's not, yeah. there's nothing I could really, like, say I trained for. But, um, yeah, it's just like when I'm on the field, it's like second nature. Like, everything comes at me, really? and, I, and I fill it out, and I just try to get to the touchdown. That's the goal every time I touch the ball. That's interesting, which honestly is now even scarier for opposing teams if that's just a second nature thing that wasn't even a skill developed, but just already was there. That's crazy. Yeah. But another interesting trait you possess is your ability to track down the ball as a deep pass threat. Because I was looking at your film and you're able to jump higher than majority defensive backs and then make a catch that's pretty high in the air, which, by the way, you had a really good quarterback for that specific pass. So are you expecting to keep that similar play style when you're at Florida or you want to strictly be more of like a slot type? Because I know you said you wanted to be moved around the field, but are you wanting to continue that type of play style when you're at Florida? Most definitely. If they, if the coaches trust, um, trust me enough for the QB as well to trust me enough to go up and grab the ball, I'm going to make sure I go up and grab the ball. So, 100%. I get that. And frankly, it's probably going to happen since I think Napier really likes to run that style offense. But anyways, above all traits that stand out, the one for me that's most, and this is what most other analysts have said, is elusiveness. Because receivers who can juke and make cuts are basically the most deadly threat in the SEC. So with that being said, which team, when you're at Florida, do you think is going to give you the most trouble where it might inhibit your ability to, you know, juke and cut against everybody? Um, see, I never really think about who's going to give me trouble. I'm I'm thinking about how I'm going to hurt them. But uh, 
I'll probably say I'll probably say Alabama. That's like Emma. that's where everybody goes. That's where the top dogs go. So I know they they come in with it every year. Yeah, I'd get that. But honestly, Florida might be one of those schools just to take them down. I mean, look yeah. at the receiving class last year, coming yeah. in this yeah. year. It's gonna be crazy. And just one final question that I've got, which I've noticed, and we kind of talked about this earlier. I noticed that most freshman receivers who kind of have a similar um, way of playing like to run kickoffs in their first year. Like I've seen it happen all the time. So are you expecting to like mainly run kick returner when you're at Florida? Or is this going to be kind of like a switch deal where like you're on sometimes, but it just depends on the kickoff and the circumstance? Um, with that, like, like I said, like whatever the coaches put me at, if they see me better at punt return and have somebody else at kick return or opposite, um, that's fine with me. There we go. So thank you for your time. Um, I'm going to let Jason or Dane cover it from here, but I appreciate it. No problem. All right, PJ, all of us here have had the wonderful joy of watching your tape. I've said this countless amounts of time with people I interview, but this time I'm being dead honest. Your tape is like something I haven't seen before. Luke covered it with his questions. You have speed that can't be taught. Yeah. Right? Going into the SEC, speed is a very big fundamentally thing. Like you look at the SEC, you're like, yes, the receivers are fast, tall, and they're shifty. All right. Tell me what is your end goal for your freshman year? Um or get my name out there, like have scouts paying attention to me early. That's the that's the main goal, and uh, at least make it to second on the uh, depth chart. Like show that I'm I'm ready to work. Right, and Luke covered obviously the game things. I'm gonna cover some off the field stuff. All right, let's say you're going into the biggest game of your career. All right, you have five songs that you gotta play. Before the game to get you pumped up, what five are they? Um, I can't tell you the songs off rip, but I can tell you like artists that I listen to. So go for it. I I say um Monica, that's like more of a slow music. Uh, J Dot, like get me crunk, get in that mode. Um, Kodak, Little Baby, and Raw Wave. All right, so you're going into your senior year of high school. Obviously, there's a lot of memories to be made. But looking back on your high school career so far, what's been your favorite memory and why? Um, it was recent. Um, last year headed into the playoffs, but the game before, we were playing for the district championship against Fort Myers, and it it ended up being our first overtime game, my first overtime game. Um, we were down twenty-one to seven in the fourth quarter with like three minutes to go. Um, we put together a drive, got down the field, scored the touchdown. But we missed the field goal. So on the next drive, we stopped them. Our defense stopped them. So we had to go down. Um, we had a couple seconds left. Um, we threw an up ball to our like one of our best players, Sean Russ, but it was incomplete. But luckily they threw a flag because it was pass interference. So we got another chance and we ended up scoring that. And then we went in, punched it in for the two-point conversion. We went to overtime. We got the ball first. We scored two-point conversion, completed. And um, they scored, but when we was on defense for their two um, two point conversion, uh, I made the game winning tackle. So we walked off with a district championship. Good stuff. Wow. Good stuff. 
Now, going into another thing, let's talk about recruiting. Every Florida commit, signee, current player that I've spoke to says that it has sort of a home and family feel. The coaching staff is really pushing everybody that this is home. They care about you and your family. They care about your well-being. What kind of insight do you think you could give us on Florida's coaching staff and how inclusive they make you feel? Man, is something I never felt before. Like, like when I think of coaching staff, I think they're going to keep it formal. They're going to like try to like give you that. Oh, you're at home feel, but something that like everything regular. But when you go to Florida, like we we got a group chat with all the recruits and uh, some of the recruiting personnel. But like, if it was like home, like we laugh, we chop it up in there and stuff. So it, it really feels like I'm in a family group chat. All right. So walk us through basically when you felt like Florida was actually home, when you felt the need to go, Hey, I'm committing, I'm locked in. What was that thought process like? Um, It was a real deep thought process. It took me from uh, the beginning of summer to the day I committed. Like I was thinking like, I'm going to go into high school, my senior year, um, fully committed, like no more switching up. So I had to really sit down and think, put all my offers on the table, get reach out to those coaches, see if I can come visit. Um, I ended up getting three official visits to Texas A&M, Florida, and Florida State. Um, we went there. We were just filling it out because I'm really good on like reading through all all the BS, all the coach, what coaches are saying, what they 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 tell you they're gonna do, but you know they're not. So I'm I'm really good on that. But when it came to Florida, like Coach Billy, really like talk to me he was saying like it's never guaranteed you're going to come here and start you're never going to do this but if you put the work there's no there's no way that you can't start like he got it he told me that all you got to do is come with ready to work and everything is going to be you work for is going to come so that was really open my ears and it was like yeah i want to play for this coach all right and you took your ov in june to florida right yes so obviously the campus was empty. It's summer. Who was your host for your experience? And walk us through your visit. Tell us everything that y'all got to do. You know the meals, the photo ops. What blew you away? Um, definitely the photos. Like those, the nice scenery with the uh, the jungle bushes behind us and stuff. Kind of like the Everglades almost. Um, the meals they was they were good. Uh, try to try to like eat light, not feel too heavy. But they were definitely good. Um, uh, my player host was Caleb Douglas. Uh, we chopped it up a little. He told me he's from Texas, so hearing a Texas boy wanted to come over to Florida, like that's really big. And he telling me like I was, I'm concerned on like learning the plays because the style of offense that I run in high school is not nothing close to a pro style offense what you run in college or NFL. But he told me like it's not hard. Uh, like the playbook is really easy, you don't if you put your mind to it. So that that really was good too. Hearing that, um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. So my final question, then I'm gonna pass it off to Dane. We're going into the season. What is one SEC stadium that's not the swamp? One SEC stadium that you would love to play in away game at, and that you think has the best atmosphere. Obviously, the swamp's number one. There's, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. What? Who? Who do you think? What? What fan base would you like to play in front of, and mm -hmm. show up against? 
probably Florida State most definitely, especially in a rival game. That's that's probably going to be a big game. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to Dane. I'll be back after him, but I'm going to let him take it away. All right. All right. Yeah, I only got a few. They took a couple that I was going to ask. But what defensive back, you know, out of the SEC, they're known for their defense. Uh, What Do you have, like, a dream matchup, some guy that you want to go up against kind of one-on-one style? Um, Not really. Uh, Like, high school-wise, I don't even pay attention to the rankings. I don't know who's at the top. But I know um, Mm -hmm. those guys at Florida State, like CJ and KJ, like, when we play those guys, you know, we got to match up. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, so Florida is considered one of the best states for high school football. Where do you personally, like state-wise, where would you rank them, like competitiveness-wise? Um, definitely number one. Florida boys, like, it's got that dog in them. It's just it's something that's born in. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't got to learn it, no nothing. It's just born in. Fair enough, fair enough. And my one final question, and it's very off-topic, but what are your top three SEC mascots? Mm. That's a good one. SEC mascots. Uh, I really do like the, the Bulldog. I'm more of a Bulldog person over, like, pit bulls and stuff. So I like the Bulldog. Um, I like the Tennessee's dog, too, because I'm, I'm a dog person, so I like Tennessee's mm. dog. Yeah. And for the last one... uh. I'd probably say Alabama Elephant. Back from uh, NCAA 13, they had a little mascot mode. I, I used to love it. Oh, my gosh. That takes me back. <laughs> Them being able to do, like, those juke flips with some of the fun yeah, the stuff. Flips, oh, flips, yeah. Yeah. I was going to so that's actually a follow-up. Do you have a dog? Yeah, I got a dog. I can show you her, by the way. Oh, yeah. For sure. Everybody, we're getting an exclusive cameo from PJ Dog. <laughs> Look Aww. at him. <laughs> That's literally Jason's dog. That's <laughs> actually that's true. Oh my god, so, good stuff though. Going into my final question, we understand we've taken a good chunk of your day away. Fifteen minutes is still a lot as a high school athlete. If there's any off the field humanitarian things that you wish to accomplish during your time in Gainesville, what would it be? Um, definitely giving back to the community. Um let it be Gainesville's community or mine because uh, down here where I'm from, there's it'd be some guys that I hate on you because you're making it big, but mostly it's, it's all love down here. So I definitely got to give back to my school, to my trainers, to anybody that supported me on my come up. I definitely got to give back to them. All right. And before I go ahead and let you go on about your day, we just want to thank you. And before you head out, is there anybody you want to give a shout out to? Uh, definitely a shout out to the coaches and players at Florida. Um, the fans at Florida, my mom, my dad, my grandma, people that brought me up uh, and helped me on this journey. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Looking forward to keeping up with you during your senior year and hope to speak to you again. Uh, thank you. We really appreciate it. And we're going to go ahead and continue with the episode. You can take off, do whatever you want. All right. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one, man. You too. All right. We just got finished with the interview with TJ. Let's go ahead and hop into Table Talk. Now, there's more guests coming. Not an interview, but if you're in the Instagram community, you might know who these people are. They obviously run their own podcast. So we figured we'd go and get the SEC fan out of there. So let me go send him the link to join. 
can I go ahead and announce what we're going to be talking about? What are we going to be talking about? I thought we were doing. Uh, thought we were doing a little predictions. Tell us. No, that's Tuesday, buddy. But we're doing on another episode. Tuesday, <laughs> like, baby. It's on the, we're not. We are not moving all three episodes into one mega. <laughs> I'm going to be real. I just was trying to give hype to the Tuesday episode. (laughs) (laughs) I already knew it was different. But uh, yeah, I could start us off with a little bit of topic of conversation. And it goes against my knolls. But here's the thing. Look, I know y'all know I'm a Florida State fan. That is that is well known amongst the community. I know that. However, yeah, it did. But you know what? I'm not. It's he's not on the field yet. High school player, you can't get mad. We still have a good class. I don't care. He, he needs to go where he needs to go. But anyways, even though I'm a knoll myself, we need to talk about the Mason Taylor situation. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, the or Mason Smith, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Point is, that was bullshit. A knoll yeah. or a LSU Tiger could distinguish that that is just the NCAA being once again a poverty association. I mean... This was simply autograph signings literally just right before NIL became a thing. This should have been passed off. Like, I get it's nice not being having to play a monster like him, but for God's sakes, you gotta let him play. This is a really bullshit thing to do. And the, oh, y'all are matching colors. Pretty. <laughs> what up? What up? What's going on? But no, yeah, legitimately, the NCAA is really, I think the whole reason he got suspended is because they made zero money off of it. Yeah. Agreed. It's probably true. I mean, it just, I mean, we've seen this happen before. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I was going to say, I hope Tawasi doesn't watch the rest of the episodes because he was, <laughs> okay, never mind. But point is, um. We, we've seen this before. This isn't any new NCAA behavior. T-Mac, why the fuck did you just do that? Um, I mean, we, we see it all the time. I mean, hell, our own defensive tackle was probably not going to play this year because he, and I'm being dead serious when I say this, moved closer to his mom who is currently in need of aid. So apparently when you're somebody like TJ Finley who just moves because he can't play quarterback, that's fine. But Suddenly, when a player moves because he wants to look out for the person who raised him, whoa, we can't let that happen. Not on our watch, buckaroo. This is just, I, I don't understand it. And for God's sakes, Marco Rubio and Ronald DeSantis both made messages about this and literally called out the NCAA commissioner on its bullshit. I mean, I can't believe that. Why, why does this happen? Can anybody give me like a guess as to why this the always NCAA is occurring? NCAA can't make money off it. Okay, it's cool. You can make money when you're pushing a player who cries every like single chance he doesn't get to play. You can push that narrative. Crybaby transfers again. Ooh, ah. Oh, your family's sick? Kiss my ass. I can't make any money off of that. The NCAA is just greedy. Yeah. Like, you, y'all know this. Yes, go ahead and try to match it up, Hokey. I understand. I, I can't find it. 
This is just how it's always been, and it's unfair. Like, if if because it's not even equal treatment. If it was just screwing everybody over, I'd still say it's bad, but at least it's cohesive. It makes sense. It's an efficient method. But when it's just mixed up and you can't distinguish why it's mixed up, that's where you see the bullshit really come to fruition. I just I don't get it. (laughs) You were colorblind. Seven, eight, nine, ten. I have 17 damn colors, and one of them is not pink. I'm going to be real, Jake. I'm colorblind, and yet this is quite embarrassing for you, dog. I don't know how to make pink on here. Apparently, you don't know colors. (laughs) You're never going to see any pink either, dude. Primaries and secondaries. My dad said the same thing. Well, don't turn it off. Well, I mean, they had you, so clearly he did see pink. I'm gonna be honest, but that's not what he's talking about. No, that well, that's what I'm that's talking, what about. He was talking about. See, the Hulk sees green. No, when no I thought he meant that his dad, dad sees pink. Dad Dane, told clearly, him he you are out pink. of the joke. You did not understand the joke. It went. We're gonna rock I thought his dad told him that over he your joke. head, bro. He did. Yeah. But, but anyways, fuck? um. We can move on to something else because that was just a small topic I wanted to cover. Um, what do y'all got? Let's go ahead and talk about Georgia's running back room for this year. Ah, okay, first off, they're still goaded. me a seizure. They're still goaded, but losing somebody like that right before the season's got to hurt a little bit. Yeah, Brandon well, it does because dog. now, like, because here's the thing: when you lose a running back, what you're losing is not talent, but rather energy. When you lose a running back who's going to be in the rotation, you lose the ability to substitute. And because of that, that risks more injury, that risks more tiredness and not being able to play at your full potential every snap when you're on the field. And this could potentially change how Georgia approaches the run game. But at the same time... Wait till Cash Jones gets the PT. Not possible. It's, it's table talk. I want to offer something to y'all. Oh, Lord. Should we let King Shad come speak? Yes. 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 Get hyped. Oh, wait, no. Ladies and gentlemen, if this ends up happening, which I'll be real, this isn't a guarantee. We're not sure if he's going to click on the link. But if he does... Oh, he'll be click in on for a while. There's a reason he has 20 accounts. He'll click on any link. <laughs> <laughs> he'll click on any link, but will he click the button? Do you notice it's video? still dark in Jake's house? Dude, I'm Jake. working on it. <laughs> like, How's it even that dark? It's so dark. The future. It's not remote anymore. It's over. It's Jover. Your room is as bright as Peyton Thorne's future at Auburn. <laughs> I like it. Exactly. Peyton Thorne Hater D1. Oh. All right. And there goes Will, who was basically just doing nothing this whole time. I don't know why. Alright, so before we get Yo. into Before we get That's into it, let's talk sick. about I should be Jake, what? <laughs> <laughs> I just hear whoa, and then that's sick. But zero I did context. it. I did it. There you go. Finally, that is sick. Actually, <laughs> that is yeah. Cool. I give him that. What a shame. Jake's never going to be able to use that light. 
Maybe not for women. <laughs> Yo, horny, let's do it. Right. Now Dane looks stupid. All right, here's <laughs> one of our special guests for this episode. Back porch Nate. Whoa. Welcome. Oh, yo, we're bringing on the guests, and there's one more coming if he'll just click on the link. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I might be the slowest person. For those of you who are unaware, Backport Nate is a, also a part of a podcast known as Backport Podcast. He's the guy who regularly does lives with me, and he is super entertaining. Please go follow him. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. King Shot is heem, heem, for real. It's Sunday. Right. We all got to witness week zero. We all got to witness the masterpiece of college football being back. Let's talk about Vanderbilt legitimately almost shitting the bed. Okay, before we even talk about that, whoa, whoa, I just whoa, want to whoa, bring whoa. up time last. Out, time out, time out. Who's turning on a Bluetooth speaker? Probably Jake. No. That was Jake. Jake what no, it wasn't. Doing? I'm not doing anything. Stop. It wasn't. It wasn't. All right, but no. Let's talk about Vandy's fourth quarter almost collapse. Before we even get to that, I just want to say uh, there was one individual in here in last episode that said the line for point differential would be 50 points. (laughs) T-Mac, would you go ahead and raise your hand? Because you, sir, had one of the worst takes of all time. It was me and Will. It was me and Will. Y'all really thought that Vanderbilt was going to beat Hawaii by 50. What do you have to say for yourself? Uh, Y'all thought Vanderbilt would score 50. Yeah. um, At least 50. That's my bad. I'm never betting against Hawaii ever again. Or you're never betting for AJ Swan. Now, AJ Swan played good. What are you talking about? It was the O line. No, the he didn't. His receiver that- core played good. If you want to talk about who played good, McGowan played good, yep. aka Tiz's yep. most underrated player for Vanderbilt and the breakout. Can I- Wait, can I ask you a quick question? I know we make this joke like every week, but why does Vanderbilt's wide receivers all have a number mm-hmm. under eighteen? Is that so AJ Swan can like connect? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got invited. Jaden yeah. McGowan's also yeah. in the size of the kids, so. Helps on focus. I got invited to this group wow. podcast. It just. I mean, to be fair, AJ Swan did go 19 for 20. 19 for 30. Uh, about 40 oh, I read wrong. <laughs> yeah. I'm colorblind and blind, so. And you have glasses. All right. Come on. Where, where's TJ? You missed TJ by like 10 minutes. We did the interview with him. It was a 15-minute interview. But you can the rewind episode, the live stream. Yeah, you can, you can rewind, rewind it. it. But before we continue getting on with the rest of the episode, let's let Back Porch Nate give us a little introduction about himself and what his podcast does. Okay. Maybe he's yeah. a speaker because I don't think he can hear us. Yeah, I don't think he can either. Okay, Y'all so thought it was me. Okay. Wait, um, since you can't hear us, I real quick want to do something. Everybody just stare directly at the screen and let's see how long it takes to realize. Wait, hold up, hold up. I have trouble doing that. (laughs) You have glasses. Your eyes are shielded. Everybody be quiet. Be quiet. Let him look. No, be quiet. My eyes won't focus.
Come on, look up. <laughs> Nate, can you hear us, buddy? <laughs> He's so oblivious to what's going on. He's just he. For those of you who are listening to the Spotify after this episode aired, he basically just looked at the camera oh, for a few seconds, seeing us like what? He's got his headphones back. Nate, can you hear us? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. There we go. Anyways, technical difficulties. No worries. I'm changing this name. Hold on. <laughs> This is Nate. Yeah. Once again, this is the guy I do lives with for a minute. He's a super cool guy. Runs an awesome podcast. And now, King Sean, yeah. welcome to the podcast. Yeah, it just started. Oh, right. my goodness. So, this is, what before we let everybody talk, Nate, I'm going to let you give a little introduction about yourself and what the Back Porch Overs Club is about, and then we'll cool. continue with the rest of the episode. Cool. Can y'all hear me fine? Camera on yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, cool, man. Uh, one, thank you uh, guys for having us on. Uh, Luke, that's your name, uh, not Spear Nation. Um, nice to meet you finally. So I appreciate this, guys. Uh, uh, Back Porch Overs Club kind of birthed last year, uh, sitting at watching college football week one, about halfway through the first games. And I'm like, you know what? I got some opinions. I got some friends we like talking. Let's just come up with something fun. And uh, we like to. We know we we like to bet a lot. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, and we saw that not there's not a lot of cool pages actually just doing fun content with like betting, but also like your own personal opinions and breakdowns. And so like let's just have fun with it. Like we don't take ourselves seriously. So hence the back porch birth of and the logo, and it's just a back porch chair, man. Like you know, Barstool Sports obviously owns Barstools. So I was like, no one owns plastic chairs, so let's just go ahead and do the back back porch overs go. club. We love betting the overs. She doesn't love points. Points are awesome. Um, like last night when freaking Vandy actually why why and Vandy when they hit the 55 and a half, it was it was music to my ears. I could care less if Vandy would have won or not. Uh, but it was money. And uh so we started yesterday, uh two and three. Uh Scott, who's another guy on the back porch, he had a he had a he had three and five, which isn't bad for the first day of college football. Uh, but we have so much more to come. But we really just started hitting our stride and then what we're doing. And there's four of us. So it's not just me, um, but there's four dudes. And we're all different fan bases. So it's a, it's a really good uh, That's cool. balance. Yeah. It's a good balance. You know what I mean? We're not just biased, yeah. leaning one way and the other. Um, two Big Ten, two Big SEC. Um, but we're just fans of the sport. And we're yeah. really good at it. Uh, we'll say this: uh, Jake uh, is one of them. He's an Auburn fan. He beat the ESPN FPI and pick them last year. Um, there was over a hundred and hundred and fifty-two picks you could do from week one to week uh, twelve. And Jake was uh, he beat the FBI by one. And the FBI is actually impressive because. It it uh it got seventy one percent of the games correct last year. So, and so we had a guy on our on our back porch actually beat it by one. Um, yeah, our so, can't stand Auburn. <laughs> yeah, if you guys tell my 
Yeah. Look at his headline oh, yeah. down there. He won Peyton Thorn hater, baby. Peyton Thorn hater. Yeah. That's a good thing. What do you mean, damn? He's always <laughs> had that. But yeah, no, that's what we are in a nutshell, man. We're just picking games and getting them correct and just kind of getting our, our name out there that we're actually, you know, legit when it comes, even though we take ourselves, you know, lightly, we are pretty serious when it comes to our analytics and breakdowns and things like that. It's pretty, it's pretty legit. And having four different opinions, four different perspectives uh, humbles me and also keeps us on our toes for sure. Yeah. So that's why we brought Nate here tonight, because obviously some people that follow us on Instagram, yes, we are all SEC and some people that listen to us, we get it. But YouTube is recommending our videos at a different rate now. And obviously, we're reaching different fan bases of college football. So if you're not a fan of the SEC, but you really want some in-depth analytics and you definitely want some gambling advice, which we can't provide, don't take our advice. Go listen to Backport Jovers Club. They're doing a wonderful job. They're honestly, I love the vision that they have. I see a lot of us when we first started in them. So it's great. I think they're doing great things, but let's continue to talk about the SEC and Vandy, all right? Vandy last night put on a show for the first half that I never thought I'd see Vandy put on. And then second half is where normal Vandy came in. What do y'all think Vandy has to improve on for this year to be successful? Um, So the first thing is really just line of scrimmage play. They they struggled at times to block Hawaii, and they had to pull out their full stunt packages to get pass rush against – I forget their quarterback's name. But if you have to pull out your stunt packages against a G5 week one, you're really going to struggle throughout the year because that means now all of those stunt packages are on film. So teams yeah. will know when those specific stunts are covering and be able to adjust pre-play to those stunts, and that's going to really negate what Vanderbilt's going to be able to do defensively throughout the year. So, oh no, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say for me, it's definitely being able to complete big yardage plays because anytime there's a big play that Vanderbilt had, they would always fail. Like and it primarily results to AJ Swan not being able to throw a deep ball to save his life. Any time a receiver beat a man and got downfield, crossed the safety, there would be some sort of overthrow. And I'm like, wow, I didn't realize Joe Milton played for Vanderbilt. And I'm playing, I'm playing. But anyway, sorry. But anyway, uh-huh. but anyways, <laughs> it really does surprise me because anybody in the SEC currently, literally anybody should be can make that throw. And sometimes AJ Swan did make that throw. There was one play where he threw it to the corner of the end zone to uh I can't actually remember who it might have been to McGowan. But Shepherd maybe? It might it was Shepherd or McGowan. But the point is it was a perfect pass. And yet he couldn't do that more than twenty percent of the time the whole game. And that's just a low efficiency that you do not want to see. Shouldn't be like floating the ball in the air because there were some throws that way he would just just float the ball in the air. Like if you you guys should know what I'm talking about. Like it was like a fourth yeah. down and he, hospital like, passes. Threw, yeah, just like literally threw the ball up like 40 yards in the air to Jaden McGowan. I mean, like it is still week zero for Vanderbilt, so they have a week more of practice left before they have to. They or how am I trying to say this? They have a week of practice. They didn't get a fall camp, and that might have something to do with some of their struggles. But it is still Vandy. 
Yeah. Now, to go off of Vandy, we have two special guests for a reason that I have not mentioned to either of them. All right. Back porch Nate is a Tennessee fan. All right. I think he's made that known a good couple of times. And Shad is a Florida fan. So I'm going to ask them to give me their season breakdown for their team. I'm going to start with Shad first. What is the ceiling and the floor for Florida within the 2023 season? Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, yeah we can. I don't really have like a prediction yet, like a record, because <laughs> I'm taking one game at a time. Every Gator account fan, because we got Utah Thursday night, and I don't know how this game is going to go. Because I'm here. I do. Ups. I'm hearing I ups do. and downs about the quarterback situation coming from my opinion. But I feel like games. I'm going to take since I'm a Gator fan and showing up to the fan base in general. I don't want to say nothing that'll make us look bad in a feel way. So I think I'm taking one game at a time, you know, take Utah right. game first, and then I'm going to decide on who would go after that, you know. Of course, I think you guys right. know we play East after that, so I'm just taking it one time at a time. All right. Well, sure. what do you at least think about the Utah game? Yeah, yeah. I'll answer Sean's question, uh, five and seven. Oh, I'm answer his question for you. <laughs> Come hey, on, man. It's been a, been a, here, here. It, I got you guys. I'll, I'll be, this I'll be is why you should follow back porch Nate. He's it's got the one, right man. takes. He's got the takes. We've had oh, all. Man. We've had two hundred and something days to think about this. We're week one. This man brings you onto his show, and you're just gonna like uh, week to week. Like, what are you freaking, Mike Tomlin? Let's just like. I'm <laughs> thinking like, like you, I don't know. Answer all the right, question. Well, what, do you, do you think they're gonna win against Utah? Yeah. All right. Yeah, how much, so, how much? do you think is... they're gonna win against McNeese State? Yeah, I say W. Yeah. All right. So one and one. All right. Cool. Let's do it. Wait. All right. I, he said Somebody two and the next game. Yeah. He. Hold up. Give me a. Give me a second. All right. Do you think they're gonna win against Tennessee? That'd be a toss-up game. That's like a fifty-fifty chance. That's not All a right, bad so pick. That's not a bad pick. Yeah. It's actually not. Because I, I do think Tennessee's mm-hmm. winning, but to say it's a toss-up is not a terrible prediction. All right. Yeah, we'll just go We'll just go with the loss. Just. All right. Do you think they're going to beat Charlotte? Yeah. That's a W. All right. Do you oh, think they're so going to beat Kentucky? So, so go back up. So we lose to Kentucky. Uh, so All right. I think that's Vanderbilt. Vandy is a yep. tough one. But that's in a swan. That's a tough one. Uh, South Carolina said that's going to be probably cold. What's that? What month is that? Can y'all tell me? I can't really see. October. See, that's October cold game, so that'll be a tough game. I'm gonna be at that game actually. Go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna say they're gonna beat Vanderbilt and lose to South Carolina. Whoa, 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 whoa! What did you say Georgia was? Huh? What What did you say the Georgia game? I said we'll lose that one. That's what I said. Okay. I don't have us beating them. Uh, Arkansas would be you know another good. Game to see toss up there because they do have Jefferson, so it's kind of be tough to stop him. Uh, LSU, we'll lose that one. Tough schedule, it's, man. Rouge, it's on the road. Missouri, that's another. Is that game like is the Missouri game November? Yeah, see, that's gonna be cold. It's gonna be cold, and it's gonna be freezing. You can't really take the cold. Freaking pissing rain, and yeah, it's probably gonna rain. Last but not least. Yeah, it's going to be cold in the night game, probably. So, it's going to be cold in the Florida State one. I have us, you know, winning, but it'll be a close one. All 
All right. So I think that's one, two, three, four, five. You said around like six and six, seven and five. Not that bad, honestly. Not bad. That's honestly pretty good. It's actually a good take by Sean. See the Florida yeah. State, like I said, the Florida State is a good game. If y'all can score, let's go ahead. See the Missouri one. The reason I say we lose that one because it's cold and we can't really take the cold. I don't know how, you know, prepared we would be for that game. You know, like I said, yeah, and it's away, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough All to right. predict anything past September, though. Yeah, because it's like that's true. Because there's a lot of changes. And plus, I'd be a completely different, I'd be a different. completely different team. <laughs> So I'm curious. <laughs> I have a question for Nate. Actually, let's go, so Bennett. Me and my me and my buddies were arguing about this earlier. I think the Cam Rising injury is already baked into that Utah line at seven points. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, I saw those six and a half today this morning. So I think it. I think it is baked into it. I also think what's also baked into it is they have so much depth, and they're also returning almost seventy percent of their roster. Um, so, you know, despite Cam rising, being injured or not being injured, they're, they're returning a hell of a team and they're going to, the elevation, the road, the road game in Utah is never fun. Anyway, at a team who plays below sea level up in the mountains, it's going to be tough. Like how last year it was tough for them in the swamp. It's going to be just as tough for them on that first couple quarters. That first couple drives are going to be literally Mm -hmm. with mass, with mass, getting oxygen. It's going to be be hard. Um, I would definitely think that's the case at that six and a half. Uh, We, here's some early picks. We, I I have them covering. I know a couple other guys have them covering. Um, I think honestly, it's a revenge game because you have to think they would have won that game. If Cam Rising didn't throw that pick. Yep. Yeah. Like, and the stupid thing is, is they had time with a one timeout. They didn't have to throw the ball. Man, Where'd you find college. the line at six and a half? I it's saw on that ESPN. on ESPN. Do you think they're gonna? Um, but like, is there a book that has it six and a half, or just ESPN? Um, if ESPN has it six and a half, uh, we typically use um, Hard Rock Bets and um, check out that Hard Rock Bets and take that six and a half. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, great number. It's a great number. Um, uh. This I feel like this Utah team is being under, under um, I would say just being undershadowed by the USC hype and like the Bo Nix hype. It, you can't discredit a team that has won the Pac-12 twice in a row, and it's the same head coach, it's the same culture. Their fans like. Did you like if y'all? I don't know if y'all did watch the game last year, but the USC Utah game that was on Thursday night. That game so was so much more physical. Yeah. There's so much, yeah. They're they're a they're literally a Big Ten or a, I would say Big Ten style team playing in a weaker Pac-12. They dominate you on the line of scrimmage. They're going to exert their will. That's the style of play they, and that's what they've been doing. And he has his guys. He has his depth. They're hungry, and like the fact that they weren't the favorites to win the Pac-12 again, that's just that underdog mentality, and I think they're going to prove it week one for sure against Florida, which is a revenge game, honestly. If Anthony Richardson didn't do his little twirl magic thing and throw it in the corner of the end zone for the two-point conversion, and then on top of that, freaking a terrible coaching ball 
so instead of throwing it, uh, instead of instead of running it with a minute left, with a with a minute left and one timeout, that was dumb. I was like, how do you in that situation? If I was Cam, I would have been like, timeout. What are we doing? Like, this is stupid. Yeah, we literally have three yards to go, and they I and mean, they work and they work their way down the field the whole like that drive. Mm-hmm. They, they also hung in with Penn State. 2021 had like 1,200 yards and like 20 touchdowns or something like that. Yeah. Like, they're, they're they a very good football team. Ball. And they had Cam White, who is one of the more the, physical quarterbacks in the country. Yeah. The only reason they're in favorite is because of USC bias. I mean, it's frankly. The USC bias. Like, I'm, I'm, bias. I, sorry, I'm writing about this real quick because I know it's not SEC, but. We already saw week one. USC's defense is just not good. Like Switch for anybody who believes no. that that de- if that if you believe that that defense can make the playoff, uh, you're sorely wrong. That is not, not enough. They're not. They phys- can easily change. They're the antithesis of USC's offense. Change what? They're not physical. They can't. <laughs> they can play get correctly. Their defensive team. coordinator and Grinch is just awful. His scheming so, with so, the secondary is horrendous. Yeah. Look, you can't fix scheme and fix physicality. During the season, yeah. it's off-season stuff. Yeah, like, that's and it's just a mentality from the head coach down. Yeah, once again, it's, once again, Lincoln Riley's just juggling with I don't care less about defense. Zachariah Branch, though, he's I'm not even hyping be, him up. He had a, arguably the best a freshman in the country. He had a great oh, game. Yeah. I want to see him All do right, it again. Let's calm yeah, down here. The Sam Hart, Sam Hartman is clearly the best quarterback in college. He looked good. Wow. Oh, you oh are my such God. a comedian. Jaden Greyhound. I could, I could not stand that. It was every single hour I saw a message from somebody in a group chat saying Sam Hartman is going to be a Heisman if quarterback. He played a defense that, flips if, on if, he played a, if he played a defense that was more prepped than just a team that literally played the counter and the option, I would give okay. a little bit of credit. But this is yeah. a defense that is so incompetent that they would drop safeties into the box to stand there and cover nobody, leaving the deep ball just wide open. And this is a team that just runs the ball they don't do anything other than run the ball it's hard to it's hard to replicate it's hard to replicate that you know in practice when your scout right. team doesn't know how to throw the ball so um now, I mean, yeah. we get to move into we get to, we get to the a nice beautiful i'll volunteer to answer your question oh, oh. all right all right let's go um ahead. let's go what ahead the... okay there we go i will i will Tell you Virginia Cav. That's everyone knows that's a win and the cover. That was that's my lock of the week this week and my bias homer pick as well. So and a cover. So over and a lock. So if you're listening, take that take that money, put five dollars on it, get, get a ten dollar pizza for your family. Oh yeah, everyone will love you for it. Please take the over in this because UVA yes. is not going to be a good team and I already have Tennessee is going to it. destroy. And I hate it because, like, of what happened last year for Virginia. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And, like, they're, you know, it's just it's just a bad timing all around for everything. And so, a, a kid from is, my high school going to Virginia, so. Yeah. And, like. Thank you, too. Uh, what's uh, their head coach's name? What's his name? Um, oh, is it Tony Elliott? Yes, Tony Elliott. Yeah. Tony Elliott and Danny White got some BS. Yeah, they got Unfortunately, Tony Elliott has a terrible offensive scheme. So yeah. I thought he was an I thought he was the offensive coordinator. 
No, he'll be back in Clemson no. next he year. Literally, he said that Danny White offered him the job. And, and Danny, Danny went back on Twitter and said, no, I didn't. He's like, no. <laughs> he goes, he said, because you had energy does not mean you had a job offer. <laughs> any 15-year-old that's interviewing for their job, it's on mocks, dude. It's on mocks, I promise. Yeah, he's like, funny. Um, that Jason, one is definitely. Look for UVA. Does that say it's Joker? Yeah. Yes, my. Okay, listen. Before <laughs> we getting into this one, all right. Um, sure, Nate. I get it. You're a Tennessee fan. I um. This used to be a Tennessee podcast. Y'all know this. I. Try let's make it. Let's turn it back to Randy. Let's go. But um, I can't. I can't say this enough. And Nate, you're probably going to disagree with me here. Sure. Joe sure. Milton is not the answer. Joe Milton Dude. does not need to touch the oh, field. Oh my god. I said this today, and Tennessee fan pages were going off on me for saying we're, this. We're they were like, read. I know, Joe but Milton like they're like, no. camp this, no. camp no. that, no. camp no. this. No. Last season, they're like, last season he has a great um, accuracy. I was like, he played five games. I watched I watched him versus Vanderbilt last year. Like I just like the other day I watched like the his well, say yeah, that again. I watched him versus Clinton's Vanderbilt. Yeah, no, okay. Like, see, this is something I would have paid to see this year. If Tennessee could have played at Vanderbilt this season, I would take the over <laughs> for amount of passes would end up in the trench behind the end zone. <laughs> in the train. Into the crane, dude. Yeah. Speaking of which, Scoreboard. did you see the the you are not Utah? The Hawaii locker room was a tent. It was a tent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was, was a tent, and there yeah, was a lightning off. delay. Yeah, I went off on that. I think that's that's a bad look on the on Vanderbilt and the SEC. Which, by the way, this is the most this is quote unquote the most prestigious and <clears throat> uh, nicest student like colleges in the SEC. Yeah, the student. Athletes, <laughs> they yeah. could not very, sit very in the nice. locker room. Yeah. Brilliant, uh, brilliant. Vandy literally it's, charges the most money out of any university and said, mm-hmm. you know what? You want to know what's going to be the best thing to put this away team in during a lightning delay? A metal rod. A metal it's, hard, baby. it's definitely strategic. They knew coming into this well, thing. They're like, they like, oh, we got to, you know, we got to get in their minds. All right, let's put them in a tent. <laughs> they looked at the forecast like three months ahead, and they're like, oh, it's yeah, gonna it's rain. raining. We're going to put them in we're, a middle tent. We're not fixing shit. <laughs> <laughs> it, was all, it was all planned. Like, they yeah. played like it was, uh, oh, no, but it was all uh, part of Carkley's, like, crazy Professor Xness. Well, we would that's share a locker room, but that was, the, really that was the funniest to? thing to see last night. It's like it's it really showing money. All right, you've got Vanderbilt running out of the tunnel. Let's pan over to Hawaii, and it's like <laughs> jog stepping out of a tent. We're having to like step in front of each other because there's barely any. So, like, I literally taught. We were Jason and I were watching this, and I literally said it looked like the setting for a World War Z themed Halloween Horror <laughs> Night setup. It was literally just the most universal makeshift bull. Yeah, it was bad. of all time. It was a bad look. It was but, a bad look. I did like the ingenuity though, using the cranes to hold up. Yes, that, I that, that was cool. the goal. The goal post think, well. I, the, uh, yeah, that was really cool. So <laughs> let's continue with sure. Nate's yeah. Absolutely. Um Austin so P. Austin P. Um let's go P if you don't know their uh their chant. It's actually pretty funny. Uh 
that'll be obviously a blowout after the first quarter. Everyone knows that. But it's another good – these two games are great. Like we talk about Joe Milton and you mentioned them. My take on Joe Milton is he's just the guy he's there, right? He wasn't recruited. He was he just portaled in, but I do trust Heupel. If Heupel could get uh, Drew Locke in the league and get him paid and turn over that Missouri offense that he had and be, they became the best offense in the SEC when he was the offensive coordinator at Missouri, I trust Heupel. Look what he did at Hendon Hooker. My Virginia Tech friend over here, he knows what Hooker looked like his freshman year. That's me. Yeah. He, he was decent. Yeah, but he, he ran, was really good. ran more. He ran more than he threw, and yeah. then the sophomore year he kind of went downhill. He just needed a better coach. No, yeah, hundred percent. He completely looks. He completely looked like a completely different being at his second year with Heupel. We're talking oh, Joe's yeah. third year. This is three years with Heupel, right? So I believe they've been I, able to find a holster at least for the bazooka. But he's no, also I, surrounded. He's surrounded by such talent. Nobody's talking about the wide receiver core. And my number one my take, I said it a couple weeks ago, is it, it doesn't have to be about Joe. They're going to run the ball. Oh, yeah. They're going to run the ball a lot. And they have uh-huh. three good, good, capable running backs and a good offensive line, barring injury, that they're full of, full of uh, experience. They've got a ton of depth. And that's what they're going to lean on. And, you know, then, you know, when teams pull the safeties back – or pull them down. All right, Joe, let it loose. Go to you throw it to Squirrel. You and Squirrel do your thing. Um, but I don't think it has to be all on oh it, Joe's arm. They have surrounding pieces in the defense. It's a defensive. At the end of the day, defense wins championships. They're gonna have a better defense than normal. Um, they were flirting with people last year in games because their defense was kind of mediocre at best. Um, they did plug some holes so. The first two games are going to be great for reps for everybody to build that depth for the year because it's good to, it's a tough year. So start off 2-0, obviously, if there's any covers. There probably won't be a, a spread on the Austin P game because um, there's no money to be had in that. Uh, so, yep. so, you know, I see I'm, – I'm 33 years old. I've seen every which way to lose in, in the Gainesville. <laughs> um, those teams – and Tiz can say this, those teams had some type of just juju on them. Right? Yeah. Their coaching staff had some type of juju on them. Like Their buttholes would get so tight playing in the swamp. And mm-hmm. I don't think Heifel gives a shit. If you look, Clearly he doesn't. I mean, shit. If you look, Come if in year, one, year one, if you guys go back in the film and you watch it, that was a one-score game heading into the fourth quarter. In Tennessee, we were dropping a lot of passes, and the rhythm was off. If we, if Tillman would have caught a pass coming across him on the third and eight on a slant, he was going to catch it and score it to tie the game going in the fourth quarter. He didn't. Momentum changed, and that's the end of the game. That was year one. The man plays to win, and he could care less where he does that. So I, I don't feel like this the, – the monkey on your back – is a, a big play for this coaching staff and these, this generation of players because they really don't understand the rivalry because it hasn't been one. So beating them last year was huge. Beating Alabama was huge for the culture and the locker room because look what they've done ever since they've played Bama in every sport. It's insane yeah. to think that like 
Bama had such a strong hold <laughs> over them, but that is their historical rival. So they're 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 breaking down bridges. Um, so I have that one. I think it'll be tight just because it is a typical uh typical uh, uh a rivalry game. I do like that it's at seven o'clock, so it sounds hot, which is nice. It's gonna be loud, but they play in a loud stadium. I feel like Tennessee's gonna win this thing. Um, I don't know what the spread will be. The early line was I think they had I think they were winning by two and a half, three and a half. Um, it might change after this Utah game. We'll see what happens after week one. But I would say I would say they'll win. I just can't give you a pinpoint fingerprint on how, how much they'll win by. Um honestly, Tennessee could also come out and look like crap. I don't know. So there you go. Um, week two, uh, this one scares me. <laughs> the UTSA game. Um, Frank, Harris gonna cook. Frank Harris is a beast, man. And that they're, I, they're not a power five team. We know that, but they're going to score. And this is a really, really, really good test. By the way, the three teams that were playing before, they don't, they don't have good offenses. So, um, it's a good chance for our defense to show some grit. In those games, this game is a really good game. I feel like it's a good game at home to have. Uh, it'll be sold out. It'll get loud. Everyone knows UTSA's. Um, they're pretty good. Um, this is gonna be a good game for the defense to to flex and see actually how improved they gotten, especially for the passing game. Uh, because if they show major improvements, here comes South Carolina on the on the hype revenge tour, and he might score. He might score. He might literally might try to score hundred. Um, just because of how bad they looked last year. And there's a – I don't know if you guys know what happened before the game, um, you know, on a Friday before the game, but there was a lot of locker room tussle. Um, there was rumors about it, but it actually ended up being true. So that's they, – they looked they looked discombobulated going into the, that game. Uh, I, have a, I have a question. I, I have a question sure. about that. Sure, bud. And it's just – and this not questioning Heupel's coaching ability. He's a great coach, probably top ten in college football right now. But yeah. with a team that's ten and zero, or ten or nine and one, or whatever, how is there locker room issues going into a game like that? Do you want I mean, to know? Do you want to, do you want to know? Like I'll give you. I'm, I'm, I'm very. Curious. This is a great story. <laughs> now, you want to tell it? or You want me to? I'm no, you got it. You can do it. I can do it. Can, either way, right, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. For his, it. Name, his name. His name. His name is Jeremy Banks. That's it. All right. So, you know, if you play any high school sport and you go to any high school that, you know, makes a decent amount of money and cares about their players in the locker room, there's usually the logo in the locker room. Same thing here. So when he stepped on it, Mr. Banks, there's a rule. You're supposed to do a certain amount of push-ups. He did not. And it really snowballed into so much more than it should have been by him refusing to do push-ups. So when that happened, Joe Milton, not even hitting Joe Milton came up and started, like, pressing him about doing push-ups. It goes into something way much more. Go ahead, go ahead, Nate. Sorry, yeah, like, backstory with Banks is he's a senior. He's been kicked off the team once two years ago. Yeah, I, I, I need that. For, for what, getting in a – what was it, the – Beating up a he, he power drives somebody downtown Knoxville, dude. He's sounds about he's right. A, yeah, he's an idiot, right? Let's just put it. He's an idiot. Yeah. Um, the 
stepping on the logo obviously was the straw that broke the camel's back. There was underlining issues already before that. A lot of that had to, a lot of that had to do with jealousy of the nil, of the nil money going towards the offense instead oh, yeah. of defensive players. So I, I, at the end of the day, it's jealousies, right? They're human beings, and now they're not going to come out and say, "Well, I was jealous, and I can care less about what they what they tell me." Everybody knows that's what the disgruntlement was about, but. He stepped on it, Joe Milton and him got into it, and uh, go ahead, uh, Tiz, if you want to finish it. So he got into it. They started basically tussling to where one person ended up in a locker. But the, the real fight about it was legitimately NIL. It turned into NIL money, and the defense was not very pleased, specifically the defensive leader, Jeremy Banks, was not pleased or pleased about how Hendon Hooker was making all this money. Like it was a team effort thing. And I don't know if anybody else here or anybody that's listening saw the Tennessee team last year, but Hendon Hooker is the reason they won most of those games. The defense didn't do shit. No. So obviously that was a poor argument. Brian played very well last year. Yeah, the okay, the front six did a good job. The Virginia Tech yeah. Hokies won the Bama game. <laughs> they I'm sure did. Yep. Hooker and Hyatt were yep. the yep. sole reason they beat Bama. I tip yeah. my hat to the Hokies. Thank you for well, your sacrifice. Sole reason right. is an exaggeration. Timeout real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Nate, I'm going to get you to – Speed run these last couple of games so that yeah, we can get you involved with sure. another segment and then we can end the show. Sorry, bud. Yeah, yeah. We'll let, oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Where we're at? Well, he had a, he has a good question. He wanted to know, like, how do oh, you go, go 10 and 0? Hey, go 10 and 0, and then you have awkward problems. That's how you have it was, it was, problems. Yeah. And they showed in that game. And it was just a perfect storm, honestly. Thanks for, for thanks for explaining that. I was just, I was yeah, just yeah. wondering. Oh, yeah. Um, where are we at? South Carolina. They beat South Carolina at home. Um, Texas yeah. A&M, they get the bye week. Texas A&M. I'm hoping it's a. I'm hoping at this point Jimbo's already fired, um, because this is Texas A&M team that could has a ceiling that's really high, ceiling that's really low. They have a very high and low ceiling, floor and ceiling. Uh, so I would say they beat Texas A&M at home. That's probably going to be a three o'clock game most likely. Then they go to Alabama. I feel like Alabama's on a revenge tour this year, so I'm gonna go ahead and give Bama that one. Um, they go to Kentucky, which is Knoxville North. Uh, they Tennessee's taken their worst teams in decades and gone into Kentucky and beat Kentucky somehow. Um, until I see it, I don't. I'm never gonna say Tennessee's losing to Kentucky. So I'm gonna give them a win. The UConn game at home, I'll be there, which will be fun. Uh, that's a win at Missouri. Last time they played Missouri, they ran the ball at will in Missouri. I think they're gonna continue on the ball. Missouri has no offense, no defensive line to Didn't stop. Jared Garantano threw for four hundred yards against Missouri one time. Yes, yes. Like they may <laughs> unfortunately, Missouri's really good at home. Um, they yeah. are crap on the road. And Eli Jinkowitz, they love him there, I guess. They gave him that extension, but they still have not done what they needed to do to make that defense a SEC defense. And Drinkwitz it'll show them. The farthest that they're ta- that Drinkwitz is taking them is by being South Carolina every year and going. Yeah, and 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 that's and I'm I like that. I think it's great. It's parody in the sport. It's not very hard to um, And it's gotten in the minds of South Carolina. I know a couple of South Carolina fans are like, "Well, we're just going to lose to Missouri every year. It don't matter." Yeah, it's just, it's really funny. Um, 
the Vols team, this Vols team is just too much for them. And if they want to be contenders, you have to go to Missouri and Columbia and win in a, in a cold November. That's what you got to do. Yeah, Georgia game at home. You're looking at a Tennessee team that is now a one-loss team, probably a Georgia team that's undefeated. This game can this game's for the East. After last year's game, um, you're looking at Knoxville being the, a madhouse. It's going to be a night game. It's going to be crazy. Um, I don't know what Georgia has. We know they have a good defense. We know they have a good offensive line. We know they have some running backs, stable of running backs, great. But it was Carson Beck the guy. I don't know. They brought Mike Bobo back to run the offense. It's not the same chemistry that the offense had last year. They lost Darnell Washington. It's Brock Bowers, Lad McConkley, and Div, uh, Div, Divit or whatever his name is, Divet, whatever. Love it. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they got guys. It's just what are they going to do with it? Um, everybody says it's a trap game. I'm going to go and I'm going to give us a loss in that one. I'm going to say lose just because, um, I can't, I can't confidently say, uh, now it feels like Ken Hooker coming back for this year. It's a win. Or it feels like Nico year like two, cause he's going to be good. We know that, yeah, um, really but good. it's Joe Milton. So yeah, it's going to be Joe Milton. Uh, they're going to just blitz the shit out of us. And it's pretty much it's football. It's how it is. You got to play to win the game. Uh, Vandy win at home. That's going to be a massacre, and then no SEC championship. Ten and two for me. I'm very confident in the ten and two. Uh, the the four nine and three. They could they yeah. could fudge up against maybe like Kentucky. This and is why take. you follow back to porch Nate. He gives you good takes. Even though he has a bias towards Tennessee, he still <laughs> kept a non-biased perspective. I can even say that I can do that all the time. So for him to do that, I applaud. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Another small thing right. to note on the Georgia is Mike Bobo's last year in Athens, his quarterback was Hudson Mason, and they averaged 41 points a game. <laughs> they did. But well, that's because like they 50. had Nick Evans <laughs> and freaking Todd Gurley. That's why. Okay, Bubba, Bubba will be fine. He'll be. Yeah, they're going to score a lot with him. Aaron under his tutelage. Aaron Murray had the most passing yards in SEC history when he was there. So, oh yeah, are we worried about it? All right, human encyclopedia. Now it's for your segment. It's Ooh. table talk, baby. Hit us with some trivia. Me? Yes. Yes. Encyclopedia. Oh, also, you Quick pause, everybody. Just a heads up. As you already know, our Instagram, if you can read in the top right of your screen right now, we are V2 Sports Network. So we are about to be embracing the fact that we are a network and William will not be on most of the pods anymore. It is not because he is being fired. It is not because he is slack at his job. No. Will will be providing a more in-depth view of each game. So instead of us having three episodes a week, you know, with the main crew, we're still going to be doing that. Starting like mid-season, we're going to have four episodes. Wow. One is just William. Will is going to be doing his best. I don't know. He's going to be doing his best, plain and simple. I've heard the mock episodes. just going to be bro. That's awesome. He, he's a certified ball knower. So we're going to keep him on the network. It's not like he's going anywhere. He'll still come back for on-the-field predictions. But get ready for a solo standalone Will show coming cool. later in the season. That's awesome. Good job, Will. Thank we you. call it Will's Corner. And we're going to go with Will's Will. The Will Way or the Highway? 
Okay. So, For trivia, while I think of some questions, who is Missouri's all-time passing leader? He played from 2005 to 2008. Oh, Chase Daniel. Oh, yeah. Who got yeah, that? Chase Daniels, yeah. Well, did he shoot that one out so fast? I'm just like that. Bro, what? I, <laughs> I was not expecting – T Mac to have just a ready answer so quickly. He's ready to go, man. I mean, you know who he's a fan of. They got to know a lot about their dads. Collusion. Collusion. He has one. All right. Will was not preparing (laughs) or prepared for him to answer that fast. I can. I was not. (laughs) He's like, damn it. it. (laughs) I'm looking. Okay, so. For Arkansas, who is their all-time rushing attempts leader? Attempts. Can I get his years played? Uh, give me one second. Let me look at this player's years played. Okay. Because I don't know exactly. Is it was it in the two thousands? It was in the two thousands. Darren McFadden. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we should have known that. We should have known that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. that little attempt bit at the end. If you said yards, that would have been a lot easier. easier. Because Alex Collins is, like, right there behind him. Oh, the I forgot. This All right. Dude, that guy was fun to watch, Collins. Oh, was yeah. Fun to watch. And, and in the NFL, too. The Ravens, mm-hmm. Yeah, the he, was, he was just a really good ball player. Yeah. All right, here's another easy one. This player played for five years, 2000 to 2004, and he is an SEC East quarterback. These are five, easy? Five years from, from what years? 2000, 2000 to 2004. Chris Leak. No. Man. SEC Damn. East quarterback. I mean, Chris Leak was, but <laughs> Chris Leak was wrong. Um, was he good? <laughs> just because he played for four years. Well, just because he played for four years, let me hear good. The team he was on was good. So, was it Eric Ainge? No. Okay. That's a good guess. Um, this has to be Brown. LSU's quarterback. You said it's East. Is it DJ Shockley? Oh, it is not DJ Shockley. What year did you say? 2000, 2004. 2004. Uh, who was? Phil Petty? Yeah. No. He had an SEC championship game MVP under on his belt. Under this guy? Yeah. So it's a, it's a Gator. I think he uh, also might have got first team all SEC that year. Hmm. Yeah. It's it's either a Tennessee player or Gator, so it's not Tennessee, so it's a Gator. Was it Eli Manning? East, SEC East. I mean, geez. Damn. I'm just naming quarterbacks. I'm going to be completely yeah. honest. I haven't you watched repeat the question because I was having to work <laughs> on one graphic. Who is this SEC East quarterback who played from 2000 to 2000? Oh, David Green. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I, I'm like, I swear Ow. I saw I was no, at the. Not, you did not. Here's a, we're gonna rewind. Rewind it. Do it during your listens. I said David Green. If he said David Green, I'll give it to T Mac. Um, no, you got it. You got. It. I already got one right. All right. I was at right, that right. game when David Green had the the march down the field to beat to, to see. I was in that sixth was grade. Good. That was an awesome game. That was the sixth right. grade. 
Uh, I was so mad. That was the year before I've I was got, born. I've got a question for y'all. Are you ready? Go for this it. This quarterback played for three separate teams during his collegiate career, two of them being SEC teams. All right? TJ Finley. No. <laughs> All right? His career stats were 1,496 passing yards, nine touchdowns to nine interceptions, and he played in the SEC West and the SEC East. Could you give us oh, a year of time? Twenty thirteen through twenty seventeen. Shea Patterson. Nope. That's a good guess. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it's not. That's a terrible guess. Don't, don't, don't okay. Nice. SEC East or SEC? Oh, never mind. Oh, he played for both. Yeah. Twenty thirteen. Zach Mettenberger. <laughs> it was not Zach. Was it, um, damn it, uh, Tyler Russell? Like no, would y'all like a hint? Yes. Felipe Franks. Mm-hmm. It was not no, Felipe Franks either. Grayson Lambert. Three teams. Nope. And nope. You said 2013? Yep, through 2017. Bo Wallace? I don't know. Okay, here, here. I'll give you a hint. Connor Shaw. Nope, I'm going to give y'all a hint, all right? This is going to be your one hint. Luke. This is going to require some hands-on help from you. I want you to walk in your closet. You have a game-worn jersey. Oh, my God. Pull it out and hold it in front of the camera. I know who it is. It's going to help with my hand. Who is it? It's a quarterback. Is it A.J. McCarron? No, go get the jersey. I was going to say A.J. McCarron. Oh, okay. He didn't transfer. Wait, just any game-worn jersey or which one? No, no, no. The one. The one that I want. Oh, Thank you. All right. <laughs> this jersey, I'm saying this, I'm saying this to y'all so that he can't hear it. This jersey, his father coached at this team. Wait. So Wait. his father coached. I have no idea who this is. For the Raiders? That's Josh Jacobs. His father That's coached Josh for the Raiders. Jacobs. Wait, he coached at he he for the Raiders. He oh, for the Raiders. For the Raiders. Son, I don't know. Did any of y'all get it? We're trying to. Hold on, I'm he still coached, thinking. He coached still thinking. that team, Luke. Let, Blaine Kiffin have a brother? No. Y'all are missing an obvious one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah I'm zooming over my head right now. So who are the stats again? Did Jack Del Rio... No, not Jack Del Rio. I can only think Who's of Del Rio that coached the Raiders. It's not Kai What's Del Rio's game. kid's name? That's I know that's it. It's Del Rio's kid. Oh yeah, he's it's Luke Del Rio. Bennett got it. Bennett got it before all of y'all. Bennett got it before all of y'all. It was Luke Del Rio. Well, I got Del Rio. Ben definitely Google that. Yeah, I got Del Rio. I'm sitting there like, what is he talking about? Yeah, that's cool. Also, I I really thought it was AJ McCarron because I thought you were talking about like he was at Bama. Just to prove a point, if y'all want to go ahead and see a sneak peek of the graphic for today, here's what we got. Just to show that I wasn't bullshitting, I was actually making it. Wait, you want that? Never mind. mind. All right, 
Now, for the last trivia question before we end the episode, or if Will has any more, Will, I'm going to let you take the floor. You're going to let me do another one? Yes, I am, Mr. Encyclopedia. Okay. <laughs> I got one, too. Well, y'all are both oh. Tennessee fans, so I'm not going to do that. I got one. I'm not. I don't like them at all. I hate them <laughs> with a passion, especially that quarterback they have named Joe Milton. I've literally taken the under at a literal plus 80,000 odds that he's going to deck at least two Make-A-Wish children with overthrows this year. As long Damn. as he's winning, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> win, okay. baby, win. <laughs> this quarterback played from 2001 to 2003. Dude. Jesus. He is know. an SEC West player, and he won a national championship in his tenure at this team. I can't tell you the team. It'll give it away. Who's LSU's quarterback? It was Justin Jefferson's brother. No, he was like late 2000s. Yeah, I got this question right in another trivia segment. It wasn't Zach. No, Zach was... Zach played later, later. 2001 LSU quarterback when they won the championship. Who's their quarterback? Wasn't it Byron Leftwood? No. He didn't get it to get LSU. Uh, the other big guy, Russell. Robbie it was not Jamarcus Russell. He was 2004 to 2006. Robbie Ashford. Wait, one more time. Wait a minute. One more time. Is it Matt Mock? Yes, it is Matt Mock. Matt Mock. Good one. That's a good one. I only know Matty Mock. Only... Oh, T-Mike, you said you had a trivia question. Run it. All right. Jake, you're going to like this one. I already know it. I already know it. Because I was going to do the same thing. That was literally my trivia question. If I didn't know what you were going to say. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the two correct heads. Floyd, Florida in 2021. Jason Brown. All right, all right. Oh, I got one. I got a question. I got a question. Okay, Jake first. You first. Okay, okay. quarterback (laughs) played for the SEC, ACC, and absolutely tore up against South Carolina State last night? JB. That's a great question. All right, I got one. Who is the all-time – everybody heads up because I don't want to see you researching this up. All-time SEC quarterback leading rusher. Cam Newton coached him. No. Tim Tebow. His name name is – Johnny Manziel. No. no, it's uh, what is my role? What is Fitzgerald. my role to glory? It is Nick Fitzgerald. Yes, it is from he Mississippi is from, State. He is from he here. Uh, I'm in Savannah, so he's from Richmond Hill. He could so. only Did run you say a ball. He him? could not pass. Yeah, well, uh, he went to Richmond Hill High School. Uh, so he was a quarterback here, and uh, we ran the wing team instead of the spread, and he just ran over everybody. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's how I know about him. Offense. That's Do you have to play Benedictine this year? Uh, uh, BC doesn't. I mean, uh, Richmond Hill doesn't, but BC, they're gonna run table again. They're so they're freaking studs. They're they're so good. Yeah, they've gotten with what two back to back offense they run. Yeah, so it's nice. Come- BC's it's nice. To, it's nice to have a, a winner here in Savannah like BC and Calvary. Um, so. So if I'm getting this correct, out of all the members of V2, we bring on a guest, and he lives closer to me than the rest of y'all do. No, I live closer. No? Or is it closer to Beham from where I'm at than Savannah? Well, I live – well, from my other home, 
I live closer. Is it still closer though? I think it is. It'll take it takes me an hour fifteen to get to Macon. Yeah, I'm if there's traffic. I'm yeah, no, I, I, I just drive. went down to Savannah like last week. Oh, I God. hate that entire drive. Yeah, it's, it's not fun for now. Shit in the world. No, I'm from Macon, Georgia. Oh, you're from Macon? No, you're right there. Yeah. I hate, just right I hate, I hate 16. 16. I hate I-16 with a burning I, oh, It's the second worst. Praise the Lord. It's the worst. It's the, I hate Yeah. I I'm seven hours 75 away. in Atlanta. Or I-75. I-75 from Chattanooga to Atlanta is awful. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. I think I'm staying in Macon. Why? There's no reason to stay here. All of the hotels um, are used because, for sex because we couldn't, or drugs. Because it's because we had nowhere to go other go to, to stay Robins. for the Florida State game. Go to Warner Robins. That's hey, I'm only a 15-hour drive. Perry. Yanni put some respect on Macon. Perry's really they nice. Got, Perry's nice. Put some respect Listen. on Macon. They got a Bucky's. No, that's Bucky's Warner Robins. so bad. Bucky's <laughs> so right. bad. Luke. Luke. Can you do me a favor? No. Yes. I need you to end the episode. I got to go grab something real quick. Of course you do. Okay. Y'all handle it for the rest of the night. Thank y'all all for coming. I'm out. Thanks for having me, man. Y'all are great. Thank you. Yeah. So we'll just yeah. quickly run through the sponsors because I know that we do this always and I want to just keep y'all here. So, uh, dummy, 10%, it's a really good, uh, drink and drink. You know, uh, Dane likes to use that powder a lot, and sometimes he likes to sniff it instead of actually mix it with the drink. It's interesting. Um, also, you want cool clothes on Field Apparel, and can any of y'all name it? Oh, uh, give me a second. Don't ask Collegiate me. traditions, y'all failed. Collegiate traditions, y'all failed. Wait, did you say on Field Apparel? Yeah. You can wear it on the field. I thought it was home field. No, on field. And anyways, field. anyways, um, <laughs> also we talk about honored athletics a lot, so it'll be cool to go see those training cards when they come out for your team. But they already got majority SEC teams, which is quite interesting. So go check them out. And can anybody lay in the last sponsor? I'm hoping you can, since this is like Vin one forever. Yeah, SeatGeek for twenty dollars. Yes, sir. That's beautiful. Gotta check out. Gotta be a new account. Capital V and yeah, you already know the code. You already know the move. And with that being said, good morning, good afternoon, and good night from the V2 crew. Peace out, boys. Thanks for having me. And back porch.